This is a podcast from China Daily Hong Kong. Thanks for tuning in to an edition of Story Spotlight, where we engage with a CDHK reporter and dive deeper into a recently published story which drew a buzz. I'll be speaking with Cassie Fei, a CDHK multimedia producer, on her recently published video called "Citizens of a World City," an insightful dive into the ethnic minority residents in Hong Kong, many born and raised in the city, and how they're represented and integrated into the local education system. Aside from uncovering the educational system realities for many of the ethnic minorities in Hong Kong, Cassie met and interacted with minorities from all walks of life, from star comedians to social workers, on their experience growing up in Hong Kong. Cassie, thank you for coming onto the podcast to speak with me. Hi, Azam. Thanks for having me. I'm very glad to share my experience with you here. Cassie and I will chat about her experience making the video, some general cultural divides that still exist. And explore the simple ways for these divides to be overcome, for better cross-cultural understanding amongst all walks of life in Asia's world city. Citizens of the world, your video was really、yeah. interesting, and I think necessary、mm-hmm. for the public in Hong Kong to have more awareness on. And one thing I really liked was the range of different types of people you engaged with, from NGOs to school and the comedian Vivek、mm-hmm. Mababania. Could you talk about what made you want to take up this topic to begin with? And you know, were you aware of the the amount of misrepresentation that was in the city with ethnic minorities in the schooling system, or was it just、mm-hmm. something you just were curious about and then you wanted to find out?、Uh, let's go back to last year. You must remember another documentary from City Dogs called Hong Kong Tinder Box, right? Right. Yes, Tinder Box、yeah. with our colleague, esteemed colleague Ravi. That was another really interesting story on a similar similar、yeah. area. Yeah. It's about the tragic fire happened in Yomate, and、uh, since most of the injured are Nepalese, so we interviewed a founder of a local NGO which helps、uh, ethnic minority in Hong Kong.、Uh, but that's not my story. My story started when the interview was done, and then we chatted. The founder is an elegant lady and looks like India. So I asked her. Where are you from? And she said,、uh, "I'm Hong Konger. I'm local." So at that time, I was quite confused. And、yeah. but but later, I understand maybe she's a third generation or fourth generation. Right. So, Azan, have you ever been asked this question? Like, where are you from when you are in Hong Kong? Of course, I have a. It's confusing every time someone I have to explain、uh, it because I have to be like, I grew up in Hong Kong, but I'm originally Indian.、Yeah. And、mm-hmm. you know,、um, people I know、yeah. people want to find out where am I originally from, like where is ethnically、yeah. where I'm from,、um, which、yeah. is different for. But you know, I'm an Indian passport holder, so I say I'm Indian. You know, but I know for people、mm-hmm. like this woman you talk to, it's different because she's Hong Konger. She's more Hong. She's she's Hong Konger. She's got a Hong Kong passport, third generation,、mm-hmm. like you said. But yeah, it's always a, a complex and、a、interesting answer. Yeah, but you 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 have to repeat this.、Uh, This kind of a conversation. Yeah. They ask this question, and you answer again. Yeah, and yeah. I have to give some backstory to it, you know,、um, because、yeah. I wasn't born here, and I just, but I spent most of my life here.、Um, and、mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in Hong Kong have a similar sort of thing they have to deal with. Not even Indians. I think a lot of、um, different people. It's a city、yeah. of misfits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can understand. So after I met that lady, acc- accidentally I watched a TED talk called、uh, uh, "Race Against Racism: Our Future Depends on It." 
is given by a professor from Hong Kong University. She is a India Hong Kong too. So in the, in that talk, she mentioned about this question, like where are you from? And she said it's a kind of a racism encounter. It's, it sounds like normal, sounds like understandable, but it shows how terribly we are ignoring this group of people in Hong Kong. Yes, so we don't think much just, about it. Look, yeah, we don't think yeah, yeah, too, yeah. too deeply about it. But it's actually a very loaded, it's a loaded question. And, you know, for me, yeah. I don't mind explaining it. It's okay. But for other yeah. people, that's not always the case, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, the Hong Kong government always promote Hong Kong as a world city with cultural diversity. But when you come to reality, it's always like uh, this kind of situation happens. Sure. So that's why I become too curious about this kind of uh, phenomenon. Uh, what was it like talking to um, Vivek, the comedian? Um, he must have mm -hmm. a lot of, because I'm sure a lot of his material, a lot of his jokes are based yeah. on this you know uh, based on mm -hmm. um his cultural background uh yeah and this question of where are you from yeah yes yeah so in this project i talked to about four groups of people um most of them have a dual like a double identity and were born and raised in hong kong so like uh, you, you mentioned i interviewed uh, Vivek Mabubani, who's an uh, India Hong Konger stand-up comedian. And I also interviewed uh, Baby Tree, who knows Filipino music history very well. You know, it's uh, been ignored for decades, I think. Like, people don't know the Filipino music history. Right. Uh, I also went to an uh, English medium secondary school, which lots of uh, young students study there. And also to understand the general situation and the problem of, of ethnic minority, I talked to a local NGO called uh, Hong Kong Unison. Uh, they did a lot of research about ethnic um, minority. So mm. generally, it's a really good uh, journey. And I had to <laughs> have to say to China Daily Hong Kong, you know, we have uh, so many colleagues from different culture backgrounds. Right, exactly. A lot to find these characters. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate that. Our office is quite a yeah. it's quite a, a representation of a diverse, yeah. diverse workspace. I think. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the schools because mm -hmm. you had mm -hmm. one. There was one part in your video where it said sixty percent of total ethnic student population is concentrated in forty schools, and to me, that's mm -hmm. A very interesting step. It's quite um, sad, but I actually would have assumed it was even more than 60% of the ethnic population because, you know, I grew up in Hong Kong and I have a lot of ethnic minority friends who went to local schools. And yeah, they went to the type of local, they went to local schools where most ethnic minorities were concentrated at. I know it's not very spread yeah. out throughout the local system, but I think it's changed over the years. Yeah. And it's it's not great quality of education either, if I'm being mm -hmm. totally honest. Yeah. Do you have do you know do you know how that 60% number has changed over the years? Or why isn't mm. it more evenly distributed and more integrated mm -hmm. into the local system? I think the number didn't change a lot this year. The data is from last year and it shows right now in Hong Kong. Only 28 schools, including secondary school and primary school, have over 15 no Chinese students. Only 28 oh, wow. schools. So, you know, in Hong Kong, we totally have uh, 927 schools, secondary mm. and uh, primary schools. So if you ask me about the 
previous data five years ago, uh, there's only 17 schools have over 50% no Chinese students. And um, mm. 435 schools almost had no EM students. 400. So I was really shocked by these numbers. Talking about the reason, I found there was there was a designated school system in Hong Kong. And uh, at the time, government only gave funding to this school, like uh, the total number is 15 schools, to help no Chinese students. So, you know, if you have a no Chinese student, uh, you have a no Chinese kid, you will send uh, your kids to the schools. That in there, they uh, teach in English, they, they learn things in English and they are more uh, Eskimo friendly. But in 2013, they realized it's a kind of a racial segregation. Sure. And, the, in the, and then they abolished the system that year. Ah. But right now, yeah, but right now, even without this system, I think most EM parents will still send their kids to international schools or English medium local schools. But, yeah, yeah, but, then, I, it, I but that's more expensive, it. right? Like they cannot always do that because international schools are usually more expensive. Yeah. You remember in my video that uh, that school is an English medium local school. Right. It's not, that's not international school. But right. uh, this kind of school is... Um, better for ethnic minority kids to uh, study because everything uh, is taught uh, in English. Right. But the, the number of this kind of local school is still very small. So um, since, that's why... Yeah, so since 2013, when they've removed, you said they've abolished the system, mm-hmm. but it's the th- same thing is happening though, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind okay. of like, because because school use English as a medium is still real. So usually, I think I think parents have more option after that year, after they abortion the system. If they want to choose a local school for their kids and they don't want their children to struggling with a school with full of local Chinese students, they may still will try. So as a result, yeah. like uh, they are still concentrated in these schools. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Now, Hong Kong is a diverse city, it's, but there's still a lack of yeah. full-on integration, like in this example that we're talking about in the education mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it's like, like how yeah. it, it would compare uh, to Singapore. Like, this is just me thinking off the top of my head, because Singapore is a very diverse mm-hmm. city, too. They also have their own yeah, issues yeah. of integration problems. Like, you know, there's also harmony in Singapore, like yeah. in Hong Kong. Um, but yeah. There's no real tension, yeah. but there's a lack of integration mm-hmm. sometimes with the different different groups mm-hmm. of ethnic groups. Um, but mm-hmm. I found I, I I learned recently that they have a very interesting thing that they do at a very young age at the school, which is mm-hmm. I think they make it mandatory too. I'm not sure, but they definitely there are some schools that take all the young kids at a young age and they they take them on school trips to the mosque, uh-huh. to the temple, to uh-huh. the, the church, to different spots of each ethnic group so they can learn uh-huh. about it. Uh, like each other's religion, religion, yeah, yeah. Uh, just culture, a cu- right? An exposure mm-hmm. to it at a young age of those ah, who are in, okay. in Singapore. And uh-huh. I think that would be great in Hong Kong if they did that. Because you mentioned it also mm-hmm. in the video, which was there's not an understanding or an exposure from local mm-hmm. people to mm-hmm. other ethnic groups from a very young age, most likely, because yeah. they're not in the school, they're not yeah. in the environment, they're not 
and they're just um, around people that are just like themselves and that's it that's all they're exposed to same thing like in singapore is like uh, we are trying to this uh, hong kong society and the singapore society mostly use chinese right mm. and uh chinese is a kind of a language you know it's very difficult to learn sure yeah so i think that's one of the problem like how to teach no chinese student chinese I want to know, like Hong Kong Unison, you mentioned the NGO that you mm-hmm. that you spoke to, said that the government, mm-hmm. you know, did give 500 million Hong Kong dollars, I think in mm-hmm. 2019, to aid mm-hmm. ethnic minority schools, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But I was wondering what other actions from the government would the mm-hmm. NGO and social workers like to see? Mm-hmm. Uh, like what we mentioned before, you said like it's hard to let no Chinese student to integrate uh, local schools. So I think uh, language is the number one problem. So uh, the NGO think, of course, it's a kind of progress for government to give extra this funding to help school with ethnic minority students. But of course, it's not enough. There's still space to improve the educational system. Mm. Uh, the NGO said because uh, most of the no Chinese students, they don't speak Chinese. Chinese at home, which means uh, Chinese is not their mother tongue. Right. So they think uh, a Chinese a second language policy is needed. Right. So what do you mean? Wait, second language po- second language policy? Like you can see in my uh, video because right now government have pushed out a Chinese as second language learning framework. The Chinese teacher will try to use another way oh. to teach no Chinese student Chinese. And on top of that, the English that the local schools is not very good. So language is a big problem all around. Local kids mm. are not getting; they're not learning Mandarin. But I think that's changing now. Mandarin's becoming more and more, um, you know, taught. And then the English is a big problem. A lot of local school English level is not very good. And then for the ethnic minorities. They have the issue with Cantonese. Like, they, I mean, they cannot understand. They cannot understand it. I remember my eth- uh, friends in Hong Kong um, who are ethnic minority when they went to local school. They mm-hmm. said that language was a big problem. Like, the teachers wouldn't wouldn't really mm-hmm. teach them. They would be teaching. They would be more focused mm-hmm. on local kids because they can understand them. And so, like a lot of the mm-hmm. ethnic minorities, they wouldn't be able. They were missing out a lot. Yeah, like uh, I I interviewed uh, Vivek uh, Mabani. Uh, he said he. Actually, he's he he can speak very good Cantonese,、right? mm. but his Cantonese is not from school. It's、right. not learned from school. That Cantonese when when he playing football with Chinese kids, and before they don't have this Chinese as second language、uh, curriculum. We still not have this curriculum yet. We need this kind of curriculum. But you know, before we don't use English to teach Chinese, and、uh, he need to struggling with his homework. When he go back, because、mm. his parents don't understand Chinese at all, no one will help him. So it's kind of very tough、mm. when you only teach Chinese in Chinese, and also the whole school is Chinese medium school. You have to learn every subject Chinese. I would love to hear what was the most surprising takeaway you had from covering the story, or was anything you weren't expecting going into、mm. the story that you learned coming out of it. Firstly, I think I changed my own mindset of ethnic minorities.、Uh, you know, I grew up with ninety nine percent Chinese people. <laughs> so only no Chinese people I met in my youth were my English teachers. Most of them are white. So same situation happens to lots of my friends. Also, I did some box pop in the street in the beginning.、Yeah. Like、uh, I'm 
I said, I'm going to ask some Chinese people, how do you think about ethnic minorities in Hong Kong? And uh, I did. And they all said, all said, I'm fine with them. I, I really embrace the cultural diversity. But when I asked how much they know about, uh, you know, uh, no Chinese people's uh, culture, their language, they don't know. They don't even have a friend from right. ethnic minority group. So uh, I found actually there is no way to check a society's eco index. You can't compare, you know, which place is better because, uh, you know, time changes and uh, um, everyone is different, so sure. di- different experience. Yeah. So once finishing, I found every my interviewees are really charming, talented, and smart, <laughs> as you can see, right? <laughs> So I really want to keep that sentence in my heart, which is said by Vivek. He says the only way to get rid of racism is to play together. In the beginning, I think it's the direction to make this uh, video is, you know, I think the government should take responsibility. The NGO should help more and more action should be taken. But in the end, I found the racial issue should not be an issue. You know, a lot of problems are caused by like financial reasons, like you sure. know, the educational yeah. educational problem. Cassie Faye, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thanks for having me. That's all for this segment, guys. Until next time, stay healthy.